Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a Monday edition of the show. Hear me screaming and shouting into the microphone just to convince myself that I'm alive. Yep, Monday. I'd ask how you were, but Mondays suck. Mondays suck things I can't talk about on the radio and remain employed, but you and I will make what we can of it together. Thank you so much for joining me, being part of my radio family. I'm your host, A.D., Joining the conversation by tweeting me at ADSXE is where you can find me on Twitter. Also holler at super producer to the stars, Barry Funkhauser, who is pressing buttons at the Premier Facilities in Los Angeles, making me sound infinitely more professional and together than I actually am. At Funk FM is where you can find him on Twitter. Today in the show, semen cupcakes, stripper refunds, and 9-11 gift shops. All of the above true things have happened. It's weird, like this show is a mixture of, uh, how has it been described by the, um, the folks upstairs? The grand dragons of talk radio that installed me into this position of power on Extreme Talk on iHeartRadio. The show has been described as a very intelligent show about very stupid stuff. Um, and uh, it's been described as a mix of politics, comedy, news, and dude talk. Usually we're accused of... Uh, leaning a little bit on the dude talk and the comedy as opposed to the actual hard news. And on a day where I was saying that we were going to discuss semen cupcakes, stripper refunds, and 9-11 gift shops, you would probably imagine we were leaning a little bit more toward the ha-has and the hee-hees portion of the show for this. But no, these are all news stories. These are things that are happening in our world. These are things that affect our lives. Speaking of our lives, how's yours going? Is it working out the way you'd expected it would? Everything lining up or all your ducks in the row is the five-year plan falling into shape only because, well, okay, what was your plan for life? Did you have one? Did you have an idea when you finished high school, when you went to college, when when you uh, started off as an adult? Or maybe you're a kid. It's interesting. This show has a lot of people that aren't technically adults yet that listen to it. But it's kind of cool because, well, I mean, you know, we're on iHeartRadio. The people that are early adopters of this digital direct-to-device delivery technology through which we broadcast are going to be a little bit younger. Grandma and Grandpa probably not so much listening on the iHeartRadio as much as their 16-year-old grandchild. So what's interesting is we actually get a lot of kids listening to this show, and you wouldn't think that they would because it's sort of like, I mean, we have fun, but it's kind of a, 
a grown-up show concerned with grown-up things, or at least that's what the common wisdom would tell you. This is aimed at men 18 to 34, maybe 25 to 54, somewhere in that range. Everyone would imagine that the average age of someone that listens to news talk radio would probably be like 25 to 40 or something, I suppose, for something like this. But we actually get a lot of young people that listen, which is interesting to me because it shows that just like you did, just like I did when I was 16 years old, you think about these things. You think about what's going on in the world, but you don't talk with other adults about them or you don't talk with adults about them, but it's on your mind in a way that grown-ups don't necessarily appreciate. It's on your mind. <clears throat> but that being said, if you are making a plan for life, if you're trying to figure out where you're headed, where you're going, how's that working out? Are you where you thought you'd be? Are things working out perfectly? One of my favorite quotes ever will always be Conan O'Brien the day he lost The Tonight Show, where he said, you don't always get what you want, but if you work really hard and you're kind, amazing things can happen, or something to that effect. And I clutch that to my heart, and I try and kind of keep that in mind when things are not working out exactly the way they're supposed to. The way my life was supposed to work out... When I was like 16 years old, I was in this band and we got a huge record deal. I mean, huge, like ridiculous shutdown Disneyland money, major label bidding war, people throwing millions of dollars at us. Got millions of dollars, a tour bus, people to put together our equipment for us, go on the road with us. And I remember sitting there in a meeting with the president of A&M Records and someone listened to our album that we'd made, that I'd produced as a teenager. And they said, this is good. This will probably sell like 2 million copies. And he turned around and he said, if this sells anything less than 10 million copies, you have failed. Not to me, to his promotions weasel, who then proceeded to quake in his sneakers. We did not sell 10 million copies. Not even close. But you know what? I got to have a lot of fun. I got to go around the world. I learned a lot of stuff, sold some records, and played to thousands and thousands of people. It was a great old time. And it sort of like dropped me here in radio doing something that I really love to do, not what I dreamed of doing when I set out, not what I put tons and tons of work into. But nevertheless, it got me where I'm going. And these reminders that life doesn't always work out the way you think it should are important because too many people freak the hell out when things don't match up exactly with their expectations. And it's okay if you're screwing yourself by getting bent out of shape when life doesn't turn out exactly the way you wanted it to. If you're a spoiled bitch to the point where you have temper tantrums that your life isn't working out the way it was promised to you when you were 16 years old, then that's your problem. But when you start jacking with kids, when you start messing with the lives of toddlers aged two to three years old, your children, that's when things are going badly awry. That's when things need to be seriously taken stock of. Why do I say this? More than 10,000 U.S. toddlers aged two to three years old are being given drugs for ADHD. Absolutely true. What are the implications? What are the long-term effects? Who do we blame in this situation? It's a mind number. Every day, I'm totally all city champion from the 
show thank you so much for hanging being part of my radio family i am your host ad join the conversation tweet me at adsxe is where you can find me on twitter holler at my producer barry funkhauser at funk fm that is where you can reach him today in the show we discuss the following semen cupcakes stripper refunds and 9-11 gift shops if you're just joining us though we were talking about how life doesn't really line up the way you hope it would a lot of the time about how your expectations they're not necessarily reality and nobody can have exactly what they want nobody ever gets exactly what they want some people do but that's a short ass list isn't it generally speaking you're not going to get exactly what you want but as I was saying before one of the one of the greatest things I've ever heard was Conan O'Brien giving up the Tonight Show on his last night doing that and he said You don't always get what you want, but if you work really hard and you're kind, amazing things can happen. And that's kind of sort of how I try and live my life. If you're just joining me, you might have uh, uh, not heard this story before about how when I was 16 years old, the president of A&M Records stood in a room with me and said, your album's going to sell 10 million copies. And then I think he fired a promotions guy for saying that it was going to sell two. Needless to say, did not sell 10 million copies, but uh, did have a good time, went around the world, learned some stuff and landed in radio. I do something I love every single day. And I don't think I would have landed in radio if I hadn't been in a band. In fact, I know that uh, I kind of got my foot in the door that way. Lots of people had to work all over the country trying to get uh, their foot in the door at different radio stations and tiny little sort of uh, know-nothing markets. And I I walked into Market 6, Houston, Texas, and uh, I applied for a job. And the program director there was like, oh, you're that guy from that band. Yeah, we used to play you all the time on my old station. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Um, We can can find you something. And uh, they did. And they offered me one crappy shift a week. Didn't change my life, didn't make me a bunch of money, didn't make me any money, as a matter of fact. But it gave me my start and gave me my foot in the door. And uh, that's something that a lot of people had to work years for. I got it because I'd put in hard work somewhere else. So things don't necessarily always line up the way you want. But I honestly believe that if you put the work in, you're going to get results. Maybe not necessarily in the way you had imagined, but you're going to get the results. And if you're... A spoiled enough bitch that believes that life should hand you exactly what you want on a silver platter at all times, and that affects how you go through your life, that's okay, that's your problem. However, when you're jacking with the lives of people that aren't able to speak for themselves, i.e. two- and three-year-old toddlers, that's insane. It's insane that more than 10,000 U.S. toddlers aged two to three years old are being given drugs for ADHD. Drugging babies for, and I quote, misbehaving sounds totally ridiculous, but it's 100% happening. The CDC report finds that toddlers covered by Medicaid are particularly prone to be put on medication like Ritalin, Adderall, stuff like that. And uh, after having done a little research, found out that this practice falls outside established pediatric guidelines. They talked to this behavior politician, Lawrence Diller. He said prescribing 
people prescribing to two-year-olds and just winging it with this stuff, it's outside the standard of care. And they should be subject to malpractice if something goes wrong with a kid. Treating babies with stimulants is based on no research. It's reckless and it takes no account of the possible harmful long-term effects of baby brains with powerful neurotransmitter drugs. Uh Uh-huh. 11% of children ages 4 to 17 have received a diagnosis of the disorder, ADHD. One in five boys will get one during childhood, this ADHD diagnosis. Vast majority are put on medications, so like, like Ritalin or Adderall, which basically is an amphetamine. The way a lot of these ADHD medications work, the amphetamine-based ones like Adderall, is if you're sort of like despondent and can't pay attention. And like, picture your mind being like the spokes of a wheel on a bike that are spinning. Or maybe a fan. And when that fan's going, well, when that fan's not sitting still, the average brain sits still. But that fan speeds up a little bit and you hear this whoop, 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 whoop sound. It's distracting. It's annoying. So what do you do? You speed that up. That's what Ritalin does to that fan, which is a child's mind in this analogy, if you're following me. It speeds it up to a point where it's so fast that it's just a, a, a low hum. And that's what these amphetamines do. But yeah, giving kids amphetamines, maybe not necessarily the, a great idea. Giving a two to three-year-old amphetamines, horrible idea. But it can calm a child's hyperactivity and impulsiveness. Carries risks, though, for growth suppression, insomnia, hallucinations, a whole bunch of other things that aren't even documented because nobody knows. Up till now, up till now, people had the good sense to go, mm, that baby's crying. Some Ritalin would shut him up, but, you know, you don't give Ritalin to kids. Same way you don't put a drop of brandy in the bottle to make them fall asleep. None of the above. People have had the common sense not to give speed to two-year-olds in the past, but now it's happening. People are getting prescriptions for this. Doctors are writing prescriptions for this. If your kid isn't working out exactly the way you wanted it to, if it's a little hyperactive... If it's louder than you'd hoped, guess what? You had a kid. You brought a new life into this world. It's going to be a bumpy freaking road, just like the rest of life. But this bumpy freaking road comes with some uncontrollable screaming, maybe some rages, maybe... You know what? If you're the type of parent that's going to give your kids speed when they're two, I would hazard a guess that uh, the uncontrollable factor that enters your kid's life has more to do with the fact that you suck as a parent and should get it together. Never, but never give a two-year-old speed. Are you out of your freaking mind? Yes. Yes, you are out of your freaking mind because this is a commonplace thing now. More than 10,000 U.S. toddlers aged two to three years old being given Ritalin, being given amphetamines to calm them down because their parents are pissed that they're not living up to their expectations of what they thought parenting would be like. Not okay. And we'll leave it at that as we move on to the events of today in a segment I call My Witness News in no way, shape, or form fair. Certainly not balanced. Barry Funkhauser. Oh, there's that news bed that makes us sound like a authority on world events. Barry Funkhauser, what is going on in the world today? Good morning. Let's see Good here. morning. Neil Patrick Harris says he turned down a chance to replace David Letterman. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a jerk move saying that. Like, it's kind of urinating all over Colbert's glory. 
you know, being like, oh, yeah, that guy, he was a second choice. Just, you know, FYI, I want everybody to know that uh, they came to me first. Kind of a dick move, Neil Patrick Harris. Interesting, though. I could, I think he would have done an amazing job at it. And uh, it was an interesting one because it probably marked the very first time that Neil Patrick Harris turned down an invitation to fill a man's slot. Yep. Go on. Uh, Godzilla opened this weekend. I, I noticed a stunned silence. Was that over the line? Was that? <laughs> see, I don't. I don't. I don't think that was gay. Like, did, did we bash? You didn't I, leave it we out we there. had this. Con- no, we had this conversation. We had this conversation. Where we talked about our attitude towards other broadcasters that that uh, gay bash a little bit, and I, I would say we never, but never bash. Absolutely not. Under no circumstances do we bash. There's a big difference between having a joke, having a little laugh, <laughs> and then uh, getting crossing the line to the point where you are doing it at someone else's expense. I think we're. I think we're within. I, I think we're within the boundaries. <laughs> However, your stunned silence makes me feel as though I might have crossed a line. Did I? No. Extreme talk is extreme. <laughs> yeah. Well. But, and I'm anyways. the news guy. I'm supposed to be shocked at certain things, right? You're so, You're just supposed to remain stoic at all times. <laughs> uh, go on. What else? Well, Godzilla opened this weekend. Yeah. Biggest horror movie since the elevator surveillance footage of Jay Z and Solange. Did you watch it? Which one? The footage or Godzilla? <laughs> Actually, both. Uh, I saw the footage. I haven't seen Godzilla yet. Apparently, there's sort of like a Lorax-type environmental message to Godzilla in this one. He's like this humongous, somber creature, and the very existence of Godzilla is supposed to, in the movie, remind us to treat Mother Nature with care. Have you heard this? Mm-mm. Godzilla sounds a lot like Al Gore in this particular situation. I wonder if Godzilla also invented the internet. Do you have any desire to see it? You know, the the uh, the welcome message would be a little different if Godzilla invented. No, yeah, I, I do want to see it. Um, not at the theater though. Not at the theater. Nah. <laughs> like, do, do you do you have a hierarchy of movies? Like, I'll see it not at the theater. I just I'll pay the two dollars to watch it on demand, or I'm going to steal it on the internet. Which like which category does it fall into? For I you? try to most stay away from places with uh, a lot of people in them that sit around and cough and hack and get me sick. Really? Uh, yeah. So I have a little thing about that. And you're a germaphobe to the point where you avoid movie theaters. I think Godzilla uh, moviegoers would particularly, particularly be a little bit more slimy than, uh, you know. Really? I'm, I'm thinking like teenage kids and parents, and I don't know. Oh no! I, I think if you go see Despicable Me, you'll like run into like a bazillion little snot factories getting their greasy, germy fingers all over anything, and that's when I would like douse myself in Purell before. But I think like I think you'll probably find that most Godzilla audience goers are pretty sterile because they've been secluded in their mom's basement, not dating girls for the last twenty years. That's true. That's true. Did you see the uh, 1998 version of Godzilla? Oh man, I think so. It was a huge, yeah, it was a huge, huge bomb. A a buddy of mine produced the, uh, do you remember that Puff Daddy did a version of uh, Led Zeppelin's Cashmere called Come With Me? It's all coming back to me now, yep. So that was part of the Godzilla soundtrack, and one of my best friends in the world produced that. And he was 
Look, a lot of people regard that song with an abomina- as, as an abomination. But, and he knew people would. He's like, you're going to put Puffy. Uh, he was like, at least you could have done a, a good rapper. You know, like you could have like a real rapper, someone that got respect, not someone that sort of like uh, badly delivered lines other people had written for him. But he produced the Puff Daddy Godzilla soundtrack with the sort of like cashmere Jimmy Page thing and he did it because he got to work with Jimmy Page he was like you know what I'm going to get crucified by all my friends for doing this but at the same time are they getting a chance to work with Jimmy Page in the studio of Led Zeppelin no no they are not I'm going to and he made a conscious decision where he's like yep I'm going to do it because it means working with Jimmy Page knowing full well what the backlash would be little piece of Godzilla history there. Now, now you know. Hmm. In this version of Godzilla, Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad plays a man whose brilliant scientific mind lands him in over his head, which I think we can all agree is quite an acting stretch for him. What the hell? My favorite thing about the uh, Godzilla movie to everybody that said the chick from Precious would never act again, boom! Now who's laughing? What else? Uh, Justin Bieber might have attended his girlfriend's prom in Miami. Yeah, I heard he was going to do that. Probably had to reconsider once he realized that at prom, shirts are not optional. I wonder if they accommodated by changing the night's theme to D-Bags by the Sea. If you were a parent and you had a prom, uh, a prom-aged child, and you found out Justin Bieber was going to be attending your child's senior prom, would you let them go? Uh, I'd want to go, I think, <laughs> for all the MILFs. Uh, for all I the... don't know, maybe. I haven't really thought about it. it. It would be like, like a TMZ nightmare, though. I mean, that kid's a bad kid. <laughs> like Justin Bieber. Like, for one second, people were like, oh, man, you need to leave. Every time I made jokes about, like, Justin Bieber on the air, I, I think, like, a program director called me once, and he was like, you know... You really didn't have to say that someone should put a bullet through his lesbian haircut twice in one show. That wasn't, you know, like, he's just a kid making it, talented little guy. I know you don't like his music, but, like, this was a program director at one station I worked at at one point. I was like, no, you don't understand. He's an evil demon sent to Earth by Satan to lower the standard of music for all of us who therefore must be stopped. And the bullet through a lesbian haircut. Um, I think that was a good idea, not a bad idea. I'm just willing it into existence. And everyone was like, he's such a nice guy. He's not a nice guy. He bangs hookers. And I wouldn't let my kid go to a prom where Justin Bieber was in attendance. Nope, I wouldn't. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for hanging, being part of my radio family on this a Monday. Mondays are tough. Mondays suck big swinging hairy animal testicles, but you and I will get through this Monday together. How? By discussing semen cupcakes, stripper refunds, and 9-11 gift shops. Ironically, despite the misleading titles, one of the more serious news days that we've had around here. And in preparation for getting serious... 
Uh, let's just sort of buffer ourselves a little bit by discussing what is truly an incredible feat of sexual deviance. I hope on some level this guy was proud of himself once the pain subsided. Let me back up a little bit. Stevie Pope is an ER nurse in Fresno, California. He was working when a guy and his wife came in, and the guy said he had serious constipation. Mm hmm. Serious constipation. What would you equate that with? Eating too much cheese? <laughs> Entirely too many omelets? I don't. You know what's weird? People always say that cheese backs them up. I don't have that problem. I eat lots and lots of cheese. Cheese is delicious. I was a vegan for 12 years. My hippie parents raised me a vegan. And once I discovered the joys of delicious cheese and dead animal again, not only did I feel better, but I also feel, felt as though I should make up for lost time. So now, after uh, 12 years of veganism, if you could just run this steer by and let me grab a hunk off the back, that would be great. As close to bloody and mooing as possible. If a skilled vet could bring it back to life, that is how I like my dead cow. And if you can smother dead animal and cheese, so much the better. And people always go like, oh, you're going to eat all that cheese. You should be backed up. And I'm like, well, first of all, we're at a dinner table that's disgusting that you would discuss uh, the inability to poop while I'm about to tuck into my delicious dead animal smothered in cheese. What the hell is wrong with you? And after we've had that discussion, um, <laughs> I point out, yeah, you know, a lot of people have that problem where they eat cheese and like nothing. I don't have that problem. In fact, quite the opposite. A greasy cheeseburger I find to be nature's lubricant <laughs> in the same way that corn is a little bookmarking your poop if you're ever wondering exactly how long it takes from things to go to A to B. <clears throat> or would it be M to B? I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyways, moving right along. This guy was constipated. The ER nurse in Fresno, California, Stevie Pope, uh, x-rayed him, quickly found his problem. What was his constipation? Related problem? Did he eat too much cheese? Was it a dietary thing? Perhaps he had a blah. Well, here's the thing. He had a large love toy lodged in his large intestines. It's amazing that he got it so deep up there that it got stuck in his intestine. That's not, that's not even the best part, though. It, it was not only... It did... Not only had it penetrated this man, who was apparently happily married past his bungholio and and not only did it get past that point and get into his intestines which is why i understand you have to if you're using a a toy that is going in the no-go hole you have to have one with a flared end <laughs> with like something to stop it from from disappearing into never never land just FYI, I don't know what your weekend plans involve, but uh, if uh, if something's going there, be sure you have a way to get it out. The best part is, though, this toy still turned on, still vibrating inside of this dude. Stevie says the guy was rushed into surgery. His wife ended up telling the doctors that they'd been trying to get more sexually adventurous, but, quote, things got out of control and the vibrator got lost inside of him. Doctors were able to successfully remove the toy. 
People, people that hear me do this sort of thing on the show are, are the ones who are just like, you know, you'll, you'll never, you'll never really make it in talk radio. It's fine doing the filth for the small audience that you have, but nobody ever really wants to hear that. Nobody, re- you know, that that stuff's not going to get you too far in the long run. And this is what I hear from program directors all the time. They're like, yeah, you know. Really, you got a picture that you know you're you're talking to a a mom who's driving her kids home or a, a dad who's had a long day of work and doesn't want to hear about gay stuff. I'm like, well, it's not gay. They're married. They're trying to get more sexually adventurous. If anything, I would say this is a story about a man and a woman's dedication to each other. Things are a little boring in the bedroom. We want to spice things up. Well, what if I jam this up there? In sickness and in health, honey. (laughs) If it's going to get stuck in my large intestine, this is pretty sick. But you know what? We made those vows and I love you. This is marital bliss. This is domestic awesomeness at its finest. And this is exactly the sort of story that's going to get me in trouble. Here's the thing, though. No, I read about this this morning as I was doing my web crawl, <laughs> looking for events of uh, today, wondering what I would talk about on the radio. You know where I came across this story? The Huffington Post, an organization that has won a Pulitzer Prize for their excellence in journalism. You get like a, a gazillionaire woman like Ariana Huffington to put her name on this and it becomes edification for the masses. <laughs> my name goes on it and I'm going to get a talking to from my program director after the show. I can tell it. But I'm heading that talk off at the past by pointing out, yeah, this came from the Huffington Post, which is such a freaking false economy. Did you ever see the uh, White House Correspondents' Dinner that went down uh, right after the Huffington Post had won their, uh, won their Pulitzer? I love the White House Correspondents' Dinner because it's basically presidents who are maybe not that great at running a country, but are some of the greatest speakers in the world because they've been able to convince the masses to vote for them. So you combine some of the greatest speakers in the world, despite what you may or may not think of their presidential abilities, and then you have people that are paid gazillions to write for them. The best comedy writers in the world are paid to write for the greatest speakers in the free world at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, which is why it's always super awesome, good times. And uh, Barack Obama, right after the Huffington Post had won their Pulitzer Prize, spoke to uh, <laughs> spoke at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And uh, this is where they sort of roast the press that has been roasting them mercilessly all year. And Obama congratulated Ariana Huffington on her Pulitzer Prize. He was just like, Ariana, Huffington, congratulations on your Pulitzer. Nobody links to other people's news stories the way you link to other people's news stories. Yet I'm going to get crucified for doing this story that I saw in the Huffington Post. Irony. Semen-filled cupcakes. It was a thing at a high school. It's true. Join the conversation at ADSXE.
shout it, but I will cause I can help that I am buzzing about it. Check what I say, I only do it my way. Check what I say, I only do it my way. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for hanging being part of our radio family. I am your host, AD, joining the conversation by tweeting me at ADSXE is where you can find me on Twitter. Also, holler at my producer, Barry Funkhauser, at FunkFM is where you can find him on the Twitterverse. He is super producing the slab of radio awesome that you are listening to now, making me sound infinitely more professional than I actually am. And for that, we thank him today in the show, Semen Cupcakes, Stripper Refunds, and 9-11 Gift Shops. <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't have a great deal of experience with strip clubs. Okay, I have a great deal of experience with strip clubs, but not in the traditional way that guys do. I've never really been a strip club customer. I've wound up in a lot of places where females dance naked or partially naked for dollar dollar bills, y'all, in a professional capacity when a radio station uh, secures my services to go out there and host an evening or something like that. That's weird. That that <laughs> I I had a regular gig at a strip club back in the day, which was an all nude place, and um, my job was to go into the dressing room. Besides hosting the night, my job was to go into the dressing room and put strippers in various phases of undress on the air as they were preparing to go on stage and dance for dollar dollar bills, y'all. It was my job to uh, get on, get them on the phone and uh, um, have them talk to the radio station and, and encourage people to come out to the club where they were working. Yep. And uh, let me tell you. There's nothing that can spoil the illusion of a strip club more than going into a stripper lo- uh, <laughs> a stripper locker room where there is harsh, unforgiving, very unforgiving fluorescent lighting. Every blemish, every C-section scar, every last ingrown hair is fully on display. And when they're naked, they're naked and they don't care that you're a guy in there. They just, they just do their thing. I'm like, you want to get decent? They're like, nah, come on in. I was like, oh, God. I'll never forget. I'll never forget, like, not being able to take my eyes off of a girl's privates. And and it wasn't for any sort of, like, oh, check that out kind of reason. It was because, and I don't remember who it was, but it was some porn chick uh, who was, like, an old pro at it. You're like, yeah, come in. Let's, uh, we're doing a radio spot. Okay, I'm going to mention my DVD. You're going to mention my DVD too, right? And my website. And, And, like. Like she clearly had a like, she was probably about 24 and she had an 800 carton a day Marlboro habit. But I remember not being able to take my eyes off of her most intimate of female areas because, well, I guess shaving is a popular thing to do in this game. But she instead went with uh, bleaching the hair on that feminine area. She bleached it. And I was like, huh. That's, uh, and the reason I couldn't take my eyes off of it was because I could see where the roots were growing in. Like she had her hoo-ha hair growing at, at a, a reasonable enough rate where she it wasn't worth, I don't know how often one has to bleach that area to, to, to give the illusion that you are a natural blonde in your nether regions. And I don't even know if that exists. I think even blondes uh, rock a, a darker color south of the equator. That whole does a curtain match the drapes thing. That, that, that No, I think uh, in, in that situation, doesn't matter if you're a natural blonde, you're going to be quite brunetti down 
down there. But yeah, she was not a natural blonde, but she dyed that area. And like to see the roots coming in on that part of the female anatomy was something that I had never been prepared for. I was just like, and I couldn't stop looking and, and she didn't really care. But I was just like, what the hell is going on? Oh, so yeah. Anyways, nothing like going into a, uh, strip club dressing room that can blow the illusion of a strip club this guy sounds like he'd had his illusions blown and and only his illusions a man has sued a stripper at a houston strip club called treasure claiming that he loaned uh, treasures claiming that he loaned her money (laughs) and the stripper said there's no such thing as a stripper refund you kind of deserve to get a throat punch if you've ever been uh, to a naked establishment and thought, man, that stripper's really into me. You deserve a throat stomp if you even take it a step further and you loan the stripper money. This guy, Robert Wallace, 32-year-old, is suing a stripper called Nomi after he said he loaned her $2,000, his laptop, and some DVDs. Wallace claims that he and Nomi were dating, and when they broke up, she refused to pay him back and return his things. Nomi says the money and things were gifts that she's uh <laughs> that she'd been given mm-hmm. yeah she said quote how do i get my booty and boobs back she said there's no refunds in the strip clubs we don't have any layaway plans either oh i believe her exact words were we ain't got no layaway plans neither wallace said he's done dating strippers and he should just cut his losses chalk it up to a lesson learned and move on yeah you think <laughs> Uh, like I said, illusion blown. Sue, you know the old expression, the old expression, the one that says uh, you should keep your friends close and your enemies closer. <clears throat> that is exactly what a Bakersfield, California student did when she fought back against some bullies. What'd she do? What was that movie? The Help? I believe there was something similar done in that movie, and it was referred to as the terrible awful. Let's just call this the terrible awful. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, uh, this should illuminate the situation a little bit. This high school chick that had been bullied reportedly inserted, well, she brought in cupcakes for her bullies. And if you pick on a kid and they offer you a cupcake, you're an idiot and you deserve what you get. Uh, Anyways, this vengeful high school chick apparently inserted the following. Pubic hair, expired food, pills, and semen into the cupcakes. Mm -hmm. Semen cupcakes. One of the students even asked her why the cupcakes tasted so bad. And she finally admitted to them that she had filled them with bodily fluids. The cops did confirm that the cupcakes were filled with a whole lot of nasty condiments. But uh, the sweet treats were destroyed before they could actually be tested for the baby batter. I've never understood that expression, baby batter. But in this case, it it makes perfect sense. I remember, like, uh, I was watching porn once. And, uh doing what one does when one watches porn. And it was all going really well until uh, they reached the apex of this particular porn movie. And um, the female actor in this situation repeatedly asked the other participant in the scene to give her the baby batter. 
yes, yes, give me that baby batter. And I was just like, you know, there, I can't, no, I'm having difficulty fapping to this. But in this case, the expression baby batter totally works. Because his chick fed semen filled cupcakes to the kids that bullied her. The health department announced that they've called off the investigation. Central High School in Bakersfield, California, has now been forced to implement a no outside food policy. And the school has also urged the parents to get their children tested for a variety of diseases that could have been transmitted to them through eating the tainted cupcakes. You got to give the girl credit. That's hilarious. But I do wonder what the bullies did to upset her. What I wonder more, where'd the semen come from? Were you ever bullied in uh, high school, Funkhauser? If you had a name like Funkhauser, the answer is yes. (laughs) Because of that name. Because of the name? Yeah, that's where they start. That's where they start? I think Funkhauser, Funkhauser is a cool name. Well, yeah, it is. But in, when you're in fourth grade and you can't spell, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's for the same reason that you should be uh, careful when googling the term grandfather clock. Was that why? Uh, <laughs> was that why? Um, did they? Did they? Did they make cool, cruel? <laughs> Swear word jokes at the expense of your name? No, I was the one that would swear. Oh. <laughs> I I kept going to the principal's office for telling people to go F themselves. Oh. You could go F. And I was a little kid, you know, like a little guy with a little uh-huh. voice. You could go F yourself. And then I'm in the principal's office. I'm like, but if you even knew what they called me, <laughs> the tables would be turned here. Yeah. So, uh, did uh, did the bullying continue after that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, every day you get bullied by somebody, right? But you know, I don't let it affect me, so I don't really. Uh, nothing really traumatic has happened in my life. In nothing really traumatic. No- yeah, nothing no. to the point where you wanted to exact a horrific revenge with bodily fluids and baked goods. No, I can't. <laughs> can't do that. <laughs> I can't, can't I can't that. bake anyway. So. I can't bake anyway. Uh, I guess that's where the whole plan falls down. I never really had like I had a pro I don't know, like there's such a huge anti bullying like I hate the expression bully. And it's not because I think it's because it's an important issue and when kids are bullied it's a big deal. But now you apply that word bully to anything and immediately people are like, ah, bully. You know what? Life sucks. Buy a freaking helmet. And I'm not saying that gay kids that have had their uh, I'm not saying that gay kids that have been bullied to the point where they've killed themselves. uh, That's excusable in any way, shape or form. I'm not saying that bullying is right. And I think it uh, 100 percent needs to be treated as a serious thing. But. That word bully has been applied to so many things that it cheapens the experience and it cheapens the severity of people that have been bullied to the point where they're willing to harm themselves or end their own lives. And bullying is just, I don't know. When I was a kid, I got bullied a little bit. Nothing crazy. Taught me how to stand up for myself. I kind of had enough one day on the playground and beat the living snot out of my bully. Teacher saw it. They're like, hey, 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 break it up. And that was the end of it. Kid never bothered me again. 
so I don't necessarily think that uh, I do notice the one interesting thing about this story is I don't necessarily see a part where the offending party who fed the semen cupcakes to her bullies really suffered any kind of real punishment, which I think is as it should be, depending on the severity of the bullying. The 9-11 Museum gift shop. Have you seen this? Yeah. Look, I'm all for raising money. I'm a New Yorker that lived through 9-11, saw the Twin Towers go down outside my windows. Craziest thing I hope I'll ever live through. Just bananas. And I think that raising money for people that are still suffering from the events of 9-11, absolutely 100 million percent support that. Not so sure about the 9-11 Museum gift shop. Made possible through the generosity of Paul Napoli and Mark Byrne, partners in a law firm that reaped $200 million in taxpayer-funded fees and expenses after suing the city for nearly 10,000 ground zero workers. And they opened a gift shop. Couldn't you have done something better with that money? Like, oh, giving it back to the people you worked for? Scum. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.